Welcome to another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. I am your host, Brian Bott from Sports Advantage here in Madison. Very excited about our, our guest today. I'm here with my co-host, Dean Manchi from Kimberly in the Fox Valley Throws. Coach, you over there? Ready to go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we're very excited, obviously, as, as spring sports, actual spring sports wind down in Wisconsin, Dean. Uh, track's coming to an end. Baseball's coming to an end. Um, you guys obviously got some good things in Kimberly going on in Madison. There's people just really excited to have, you know, track and baseball and softball and some of the other things going. Uh, what's the vibe over there in Kimberly? Well, you know, it's it's that time of the year. You know, tomorrow in track is sectionals, and you're getting all into the regional sectionals and and the tournament time. So it's it's very exciting, and some things are getting back to normal as far as there's no masks much anymore and we're getting a lot of more spectators at the events and uh it's it's really getting exciting and hopefully some uh continue with some of this normalcy as we continue here throughout the summer yeah i think the summer is going to be a real real fun time across the country for a lot of people as a you know basketball and and volleyball tournaments indoors and stuff like that and as well as some of the other outdoor stuff um which brings us to our our guest for the day uh, he is a, he's a guy who trains with me now in the off season. Um, he's a guy that I worked with at the university of Wisconsin. Um, fantastic wide receiver, no doubt about it, but also just an incredible person for some of the things he does off the field and just the person that he is. Uh, I'm talking about Alex Erickson from Darlington, Wisconsin. Alex now currently with the Houston Texans. Alex, are you there? I'm here. Let's go. Glad awesome. to be here. Thanks for having me. I was, uh, I'm a loyal listener, so I'm also a fan of you guys. Well, that's, that's good. We like to hear that. So <laughs> Alex is listening. So, you know, bring a friend next time to, uh, for everybody to listen. Um, Absolutely. Alex. So, you know, like, as you know, we, we, we kind of free, uh, freelance a little bit at the beginning and let you guys just kind of tell about yourselves and, you know, so Dean and I don't have to do any work on the, on the front end to, uh, get your background. So, Tell us about yourselves, where you're from, um, and, and what you're doing right now. Yeah, I'm from the, the big city of Darlington, Wisconsin. Um, for you people that don't know, Southwest Corner, about 2,500, 3,000 people, small town, USA, uh, rural area, farming neighborhood, or farming you know, uh, town. Uh, so I grew up there, played at Darlington High School, and then uh, went on to play at the University of Wisconsin, and then I uh, Played at Cincinnati for five years. Now I'm in Houston, so it's been a great journey. Uh, it's been a, you know, it's I wouldn't change anything from the small town to having to walk on to undrafted and earning a roster spot to uh, earning a second uh, second contract and now going on to a new team. So it's been a great journey. It's really shaped me to the man I am today. And uh, you got to thank all the adversity, all the challenges, and everything in between for that. You know, Alex, uh, we've had a lot of guests on before and we talk, we're big into multi-sport athletes and we know you are a three-sport athlete in high school and in a smaller school. And, uh, you know, what is that, how has that made you a better athlete overall? And then what has that done with your longevity as far as in the NFL? Yeah, I think, uh, you know, I never even thought about just playing one sport growing up. Uh, you know, basketball is kind of my first love, uh, transition to football and uh, kind of just ran track because, you know, I was, uh, had the gifts to do that. Um, but I think being, being a multi-sport athlete, um, I don't know. I, I think as an athlete, you don't always, 
you also don't know what you're really good at either. So it's kind of, you know, trying this, doing that. Uh, oh man, I'm pretty good at that. And then, you know, obviously being in a small town, it's a little easier because you can get involved in everything. But I think, you know, every school has its, its uh, opportunities for that. Um, so I, I think being a multi-sport athlete uh, is a no-brainer. I, you know, I listen to all the guys that are on this show. Uh, it's been a common theme. And a lot of the guys that you've had on here have had successful careers, you know, Hall of Fame careers, all pro careers um, at the highest level you could ever achieve. And they played multiple sports in high school. So I, I never really get get it when uh, people say they only do one sport. Um, obviously, it's their choice, but I would definitely recommend playing multiple sports. I think for me, even in football, I never saw myself as just a wide receiver in high school, just a quarterback. Um, you know, I played both ways, you know, did special teams and everything. So I, you know, I kind of like to label myself as a football player, uh, whatever the team needs, whatever the coach wants me to do, um, I'll go out there and, and do it because I, you know, I know the skill, I know the fundamentals of the game, whether it's tackling or, you know, just getting your body in the right position to make the plays. And um, so, yeah, I think it not only translates you from sport to sport, but also in your sport, you know, being able to be multiple and, uh, play different positions and and I, you know I get this question a lot because the parents ask me you know what do you recommend for my kid to, you know to make it to the next level I was like you know I always say do multiple sports you know get involved in different things because you're when you're in once when you're only in one sport you're also missing the competition that you get in the other sports you know when it's football season boom you're competing all season basketball season now I'm competing all season track and field competing all season if you're doing just football, well, I didn't compete. I haven't competed in six months. And there's a difference between, you know, training and, and competing and, you know, getting out and getting between those lines is, is really where you find yourself as a, as a, you know, boy going to a man and uh, just developing as a, as a adolescence. Real, real quick, Alex, as a, as an offshoot off that. So like for some of our, our, you know, parents that are listening too, this is a little different than what kind of the order we're going to go, but, um, would you say that, you know, for when they have younger athletes, like you said, with football, right. You, you know, you, you didn't really look at yourself as a receiver or quarterback. So do you think it's very important, which I think you're probably going to do, but for parents to allow their kids to play multiple positions, because what you see, like, you know, in travel baseball, well, if my kid's not playing shortstop, I don't, you know, I don't want him to play for this team. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like, just not only, being a multi-sport athlete, but being like a multifaceted athlete within the sport, right? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, even up till probably take it to varsity, you know, finding your role and finding your fit in a position in a sport, you know, you got tons of time to do that. Like it's going to sort itself out eventually, whether you're going to be the shortstop, whether you're going to be a quarterback, whether you're going to be a linebacker, you know, I think your body as it develops, will, you'll mold into a position um, more so just you get the skill of what you need to do. And so, yeah, I would definitely recommend playing multiple positions, try it all. Cause like we said, it not only helps you in that sport, but um, just developing the skill for the whole game. Right. Um, so when you came to Wisconsin, you know, as a walk-on, you're, you're a walk-on um, at the university of Wisconsin, there was actually, I don't think people probably, put this together there's there's a pretty good tradition of walk-on receivers that have had a lot of success you know you have uh jared abaderas i actually 
um, a friend of mine, uh, Jared, received a scholarship, uh, the Roy Castellian scholarship from Watoma. So that's when I first met Jared, that's how I got introduced to him. Um, and then you have the Fenimore Flash in uh, Luke Swan, who was also a, a walk-on. And, you know, you were kind of the next in line there. And, you know, before you address, you know, what it was like doing that, from my perspective, it's just such a great, you know, the story of being a walk-on, I, I think is great. And, you know, people can glamorize it and stuff like that. What I love about it is that you guys played your best football when you were seniors. Yeah. So, it, it, you know, you have all this stuff going on in the NCAA right now where if kids don't play in a year or two that they're just like, I'm leaving. You know, yeah. but, you know, a lot of you guys and a lot of other guys in Wisconsin, but you guys, for example, you know, continued, you know, growth mindset, continued to train, continued <laughs> to follow the process. And you played your best football when you were seniors. Um, just kind of comment on that. Yeah, those are two guys that kind of, well, Luke was in the same conference as I was. Uh, I was in the same conference with him. And then Jared, you know, I was fortunate to play with Jared. But Jared also came in. He was a quarterback in high school as well. So I think, you know, it's it's twofold. It's, you know, playing our best football as a senior. We're kind of also transitioning from positions, kind of finding ourselves even at the divisional level, you're still trying to find yourself. And then um, also, yeah, to the growth mindset and developing and, and and doing things the right way. So those two, I mean, those two guys that really paved the way and, you know, showed you that it could be done. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to work with Jared and actually Luke too, because Luke was a GA when I got to Wisconsin. So he was coaching us the receivers. So that was pretty cool. And then working with Jared, you know, he was a guy that really took me under his wing and, um, he was really how he was really one guy that I looked up to and a guy that was really a role model to me in terms of how he handled himself, but also uh, the position, you know, and, and it was a great guy because he's, you know, if anybody's ever watched Jared, he's one of the best route runners I've seen to this day still. And so that was the guy that, you know, I was mentoring under and, and learned how to play the position. Hey Alex, um, you know, walk on at Wisconsin. So, um, you know, you got, you went through that, you know, you're kind of going to an environment where, you know, you're not highly recruited and, you know, you just work your tail off. And then after your Wisconsin Badger career, you go and get uh, undrafted and picked up by the Cincinnati Bengals. And so what was your mindset going in to the league and being undrafted, just like Alec Engel, undrafted, you know, Alec had a chip on his shoulder and he was doing everything he could training wise and everything to compete and, and win a roster spot. But what was that transition like? And then there was a situation in Cincinnati, all of a sudden now you're really contributing as well to the team, just like uh, Alec is also. So what's your mindset when you got drafted and then boy, now they're throwing you in there and you're getting a lot of playing time. And how has your mindset changed? Yeah, it was, it was a very similar journey because uh, you come into Wisconsin, there's no expectations. No one knows who you are. Um, so you just put your head down and you keep working. You just keep working and keep working. And that's the one thing I always admire about Wisconsin and owe it all to Wisconsin because if you come in, you do things the right way, you're eventually going to get your opportunity to play, whether that's your junior or senior year whether it was for me, it was my so my second year. And, but that's what it's all about. You come in, you work hard, you develop, and then you get an opportunity. And what you do with that opportunity, that's, 
that's up to you. And that's, that's up to you to make the, the most of that. And so then that's all I really knew. Cause that's what got me on the field in Wisconsin. That's what, you know, earned me playing time and um, all that stuff. And then, so I get to Cincinnati, go undrafted. No one knows who I am. You know, there's, there's 12 receivers, you know, you're, you're way down there. Um, so you come in and you start working and, you're, and you, you start to realize, man, I'm, I can play, I can play with these guys. Um, and so then you start getting confidence and, you know, as you keep earning more reps and more plays and the confidence keeps building and uh, eventually, you know, I, so that was during OTAs and then you come back for training camp and it's time to go, it's time to compete. And um, I'll share a quick st story of really how my career really took off or really started. And it was, so I wasn't even, I didn't really do a ton of special teams at Wisconsin because um, I kind of developed right into a receiver role and uh, the way the college roster is set up, you know, we got a lot of guys so we can, you know, we can do multiple things, but guys can really specialize and stuff too. And so I didn't really play much special teams. So let me get to Wisconsin and, or I get to Cincinnati and I would always just go back with the punt returners and just catch punts just to show coach I could catch. I wasn't even really on the depth chart. Um, but I just get back there and just get up, get extra reps before or after practice. And then we get to the first preseason game. We're playing the Minnesota Vikings in Cincinnati. It's the fourth quarter. They got a guy that they really were trying to be the punt returner. He was a four, two guy, super fast. And he gets hurt. He rolls his ankle. So they weren't going to put the guys that have done it back in. So he's like, Oh, let's get back there. So this is my first ever punt return since college. <laughs> I did a little bit in college. And the Minnesota guy bombs me on like 75 yard punt. I catch it like over my shoulder. And so I catch, I guess, here we go. So I start running forward. I bounce off a couple of tackles, slip another tackle, stay on my feet somehow. Next thing you know, I went like 85 yards to the house. First ever punt return in the preseason. No way. I didn't even know that. <laughs> yeah. And so it was just like one of those things. I was, I was working on something that I didn't even know I was going to get an opportunity for, but then that led to that door opening and then I seized the moment. So then you fast forward to the next week, same thing. He, this time he lets me play the fourth quarter and boom, I rip off a 30 yarder, almost break it for the house again. And so then the next week he's like, shoot, let's give this guy a chance. Let's see what he can do. So he starts me as a punt returner, third preseason game. That's, you know, it's kind of the dress rehearsal one. And so I was like, this is, this is, this is the chance right here. This is my one opportunity because the way the league works, like there's only five or six wide receiver spots, right? And three or four of those are probably taken up every year with guys returning. And so for me to get time to develop that rapport and, and, and work into that role, I needed to do special teams to stay on the roster so that I could eventually increase my wide receiver role. So the th uh, third preseason game comes around. Uh, first punt, boom, hit it down the sideline, another 30 yarder, boom, next, next one, another one. I was just, I just, I was on fire. If you, if that's the term you want to use. And, you know, I think I led the league in punt return yardage in the preseason for whatever it's worth, but it earned me a roster spot. So to me, yeah. it was worth a hell of a lot. Yeah. And so then the fourth preseason game, they released the guy that I was kind of competing with. So I knew I had a real good chance of making the team and, uh, eventually I made the team and then we go into the regular season and that's, you know, that was my role. My role is be a returner. And I never did, I never did kickoff returns in college. Um, so it was probably, 
it was probably the second or third game. They started working me in as a the kickoff returner too. So I kind of did I did both return stuff, played a little bit of special teams or a little bit of receiver. But that was my role. That was how I was going to contribute. So I just put an emphasis on that. Got through the whole year, led the uh, led the AFC and kickoff return average, and uh, as a rookie, so it was one of those things you. You never know how it's going to go, but you just keep working. You keep preparing yourself for the opportunities. And when the opportunity comes, you seize the moment. And I was able to do that. And um, it, it was a pretty cool, it was a pretty cool start because I, I never saw myself as a return. I never saw myself as a special teams player. Um, and that's, you know, when I came in, I had some good guys, I had good mentors and stuff that saying, hey, this is how the league works. This is what you got to do. Uh, so I was like, shoot, I'm going to put a, I'm going to put a focus on it. This is my job. This is my livelihood. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to try to earn it. And I was able to do that. And I was fortunate enough to spend five years in Cincinnati, you know, develop the wide receiver role in there more. And, um, you know, my fourth year, I ended up playing, you know, most of the snaps on offense that year as a receiver. And so it's a, it's a cool journey and uh, not done yet, but it was just, it's cool how it all started. And, you know, it all started from, those those reps in practice, no one was watching other than the special team coach. And, you know, the, and I think the, the moral of the story is, you know, there's no, uh, nothing goes on unseen, you know, uh, those little things you're doing behind the scenes, whether it's stretching at home or, you know, doing little extra stuff, eventually that stuff's going to pay off and you just keep trusting it and keep pushing it and eventually it's going to pay off. You know, that's a great story, Alex, and thanks for sharing. But and as a high school football coach myself, we see that a lot of times with kids, you know, they get on the special teams and, and they just start making some plays and it leads yeah. to something else. And we've even had that with punters. Kids just, you know, before practice, hey, just having a little fun with the guys, hey, go over there and punt it. You know, we had one of our linemen was our punter this year, <laughs> you know, 275-pound 200, kid. And it was just one of those situations. All of a sudden, this kid's punting before practice. Like, holy cow. Yeah. And we didn't know you could punt. Yeah, well, yeah. I can punt, coach, you know. And all of a sudden, that's our punter. And A.J. Klein brought that on. When we had A.J. Klein for the Buffalo Bills as our, yeah. one of our guests, he just said, you know, special teams is where it's at, you know, in the NFL. And, and we, he said the same thing in high school. I remember A.J. going down. And on kickoff, he was always the first guy down. I mean, he was 10 yards ahead of everybody, and he was one of our star players. He, he didn't want to come off special team. Yeah, and I think that's that's important for both sides of it. As coaches, to never pigeonhole a guy as just an O-lineman or whatever. And then, you know, from the athlete's perspective, I've seen so many guys come in, and they're good receivers. I mean, you're coming in the NFL, like you're getting a shot in the NFL, like you're going to be a guy that can play. Like there's no doubt about that or else you wouldn't be there. But I've seen guys come in and they're like, no way, man, I'm not playing special teams. Like they're just, that was their thing. They're not, they said, I'm not gonna play special teams. Well, end of August comes around early September. You don't see those guys, you know, they're gone because they're not willing to do the things that, that are, it takes to, to get the job. And so I, yeah, that's just, that's a, it's an important piece that, you know, that's applicable at any level. Well, I think uh, another, another good, point on that too is like it's you know applicable to school and to sports like if you have an opportunity to to go and like if you're if you're in school and I, I talk to my kids about this all the time like if 
if a teacher offers extra credit, why would you not take advantage of it? Yeah. Why would you not do it? Like it's free, it's free points. And it's the same thing with sports. Like if, like from a baseball standpoint, I know Tim Jorgensen, who was a division three player of the year, two years in a row was my college roommate. And, you know, we would, we would go a half hour before practice to take extra ground balls. And, you know, cause the coaches were there and they were offering it. And like, it's the same thing like with football practice. And, and you'd see this at Wisconsin too, right? Some guys would sit on the couch until the last minute, you know, they didn't want, you know, and then you'd see the other guys that would go out and how much effort is it to catch punch yeah. for five, 10 minutes? Yeah. How much effort is it as a center to, to work on your shotgun snaps? It's not. No. So, you know, the same thing, Brian, with coaches too. Right. You know, we, we got some guys, coaches <laughs> that I've seen over the years of 26 years of high school experience that, hey, they might be a position coach, but boom, they're over then. Maybe they're a varsity guy and they're helping out the freshmen at their practice because the freshmen were at a different time or they're helping mentor another coach and help that other coach out. And it's not in their job description. Hey, I'm going to be doing this or that. They just go out and do it. Yeah. And I think that's the biggest thing. You know, a lot of coaches, yeah. if it's not set in stone or you don't tell them exactly what to do, I think the real good ones, they just figure it out. They want to be there. They want mm -hmm. the opportunity, Alex, like you had. And, and then something the, always positive comes out of it. Yeah. And those are the guys you always see the, the positive exponential growth, right? They start out slow, everything's slow, everything's slow. And eventually they not only catch you, but they blow right by you because they're all that work they're putting in and all those hours of just trying to perfect their craft just takes off. And you guys see it in the coaching and obviously Bot, I know you see it a ton with the, the youth like working out, like eventually it just clicks and it just takes off. And, but it doesn't just take off by itself. It's all those hours stacked together and all those times doing the extra stuff stacked up and eventually just, it takes off. Yeah. And I think, those are also the guys that aren't telling you that they're doing it. They're just doing oh, it. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, um, so Alex, we had a, you and I had a great conversation. Um, I don't know. I, I, I think you probably remember this winter when we were talking about as a professional athlete investing into your body, you know, and we were doing like some math and if you invest mm -hmm. this much to get like one more year on your contract, you're, you, you know, it's worth it. Um, so from a professional standpoint, we'll get to kind of a youth perspective. Um, you know, what are some of the things that you do to, you know, quote unquote, invest into your body to make sure, you know, that you're at the top of your game, you know, both at practice and, you know, during the season? Yeah, that's really grown over the last few years. I think when you first get to the league, you're like, you know, you're young and you, you, you know, you just go out there and do a couple uh, quad pulls and you're good to go. But now as you get going, you know, you got to start uh, really <laughs> focusing on that. So, now, I put a huge emphasis on, obviously, I think it starts with uh, nutrition is always the, the focus for me. Um, obviously, the training, too. But the nutrition, I think it starts with nutrition, goes into training, and then the recovery part of, uh, you know, I work with a massage therapist. I work with a physical therapist, uh, the Normatex, the cold tubs, the, the salt baths, everything. You know, it's, uh, it all adds up and it all helps a little bit. And um, so I know Bot and I were talking this summer, you know, cause we were on, a, we were, I was on a call and some guy was one of the guys, his guy was an NFL player. And he was like, man, I don't want to pay for training. Like I want to go back to the team facility and just do it there, which was fine. But I was like, man, what do you mean you don't want to pay for training? Like this is like, this is your job. Like it's an investment in yourself. And we were saying, 
let's say I, so I've been in the league for five years. Let's say I spend 20 grand a year on recovery, which, you know, it seems like a lot of money, but if I, you know, so that'd be a hundred grand over five years. If that gets me one more year in the league. So at year six, you'd be making close to a million bucks league men. Uh, so if you, I mean, you tell anybody you got a hundred thousand dollar investment in, in five years, it's going to turn into a million bucks. You'd be like, here you go. Right. And that'd be a no brainer. So it's the same concept. You got to invest in your body. You got to um, find a trainer that you trust and a guy that you knows that knows your body and it's going to push you to the level, you know, you need to get to, um, you got to find soft tissue, whatever, whatever you, whatever you need as an individual. Um, there's someone out there that can help you and um, finding that and investing in that. And it's, and it, like you said, it's, it's grown so much. I mean, you see the stories of like LeBron and, and some of the like really high priced, you know, talent out, you know, in professional sports that are doing it. But, you know, with our, with the, most of our listeners are going to be high school and college kids, Yep. you know, Alex. So what are some of the things, you know, that Alex Erickson, you know, back in Darlington, what you know, yep. now, you know, some of the things that maybe you would have done uh, as a high school kid, and then maybe even as a college kid, some of the things, you know, just even from a sleep standpoint or hydration standpoint oh, yeah. that, that you do now, but that, that are easy for our kids to do. Yeah. I, I think looking back at high school, I wasn't big into recovery. You know, I trained, but you know, you go home and sit on the couch and uh, do whatever you got to do, play video games. And, uh, but I think if I could tell myself back in the day, just first off, just buy a foam roller, go to Amazon, buy a foam roller, you get one for 20 bucks. Um, and just start there, you know, and there's so much information um, that you can get to, but I would, you know, go to your high school, tr your trainer or one of your coaches and say, Hey coach, uh, what can I do for extra recovery? And, you know, foam roll is a great start. Just foam roll, whatever you need to foam roll. I think that, you know, I think that's step one um, that I would tell myself, just buy a foam roll and go from there. Uh, but yeah, the sleep component, man, that's just, that's huge. Um, the nutrition spot, the nutrition stuff, you know, college, I don't think there's excuse for you now. I mean, there's so many resources these colleges have. Um, they have nutritionists, they have strength coaches that um, get paid a lot of money to uh, be good at their job. And you got, you know, you got a whole bunch of resources at, at your, at your fingertips, but yeah, the high school thing, you know, I'd start with the foam roller, get with your strength coach or your, just your uh, sport coach. And you know, I think everyone's kind of got a general sense of recovery. If not, you got the Google machine and you can find some, some stuff that'll get you, get you started. You know, the other thing, Alex, is we got a lot of coaches out there listening. And one of the things I noticed, even at the high school level, just because of the COVID, it's been a long year, you know, people are coaching yeah. and teaching with masks on, you know, during, you know, eight hours, 10 hours a day, whatever it may be. But I think coaches got to understand that, you know, you talked about what you do as an athlete, but I think coaches got to make sure they're taking care of themselves too, because, mm -hmm. you know, if, if the coach is not taking care of themselves, you know, that that's ultimately going to affect the athletes or their students. And uh, so many times I see some coaches and they're just looking miserable and, mm -hmm. you know, they're not taking care of themselves mentally. And, you know, I think that definitely affects their coaching and, you know, you might've had some situations that coaches that you've had at all three levels, and, yeah. you know, you probably have seen that, you know, I, I get, I put on 10 extra pounds, you know, coming back from a vacation. I, I just don't have the, the energy 
as yeah. well. You know, and you see some people that are, you know, obese and they're, they're trained, they're out there coaching. And it's definitely got to affect, you know, their coaching style. And then what kind of example are you for an athlete as well? Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's, yeah, it's both of those, not only for your own health first, but also, uh, you know, what you're preaching to these kids, you know, are you, are you living it? Um, but yeah, I think, you know, the coaching thing gets a little crazy with the hours, uh, you guys work and all that stuff. It's part of the business I know. Um, but you know, hopefully it's starting to shift back a little bit to, um, I know it's never going to be normal hours, but you know, there's a reasonable number that I think we all know is, is too much. And, um, you know, seeing all the college coaches and the NFL coaches, man, it's, uh, it's a crazy business. You know, I, I know it's a lot of stress on the players and a lot of demand on the players, but it's also a lot on the coaches too. You know, there's a lot on the line for those guys. You know, they're moving all the time. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a double-edged sword there. Um, one other thing, Alex, you were on, you're probably one of the very few or maybe one, maybe the only player who, that you can say <laughs> that you played for all four Wisconsin coaches yeah. over the last 30 plus years. <laughs> Give us some insight on working with those various coaching styles and what it was like with some of them. And we know one of them was Barry Alvarez. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's always cool. Cause people are like, who do you play for uh, Anderson and Chris? I was like, and uh, I had Alvarez for two games and I had Beal in my first season. So, you know, I've seen the whole, like you said, the whole 30 years of Wisconsin right there. Uh, it's pretty cool. It, it, they were all very different. You know, I, I didn't know uh, coach Bielema as well. Cause I first, you know, kind of first got there, wasn't playing a ton. So I was kind of, you know, developmental stuff. Um, but Coach Anderson, you know, he gave me a scholarship. So there's always a spot in my heart for him. Uh, and Coach Chris coming back uh, is great. You know, Coach is a great fit and uh, great guy. And, um, you know, he's he's what Wisconsin's all about. Um, and then Coach Alvarez, man, that was a quick story about Coach Alvarez. So my first year when Bielma left, you know, Alvarez was the coach, but he, you know, he kind of let the other guys do their thing and all this stuff. And, you know, we end up losing the game. So fast forward a couple of years, Anderson takes a different job. Alvarez comes in and I'll be damned if we were going to lose another game with him as a coach. He, uh, we put the pads on, we got back out there and we, uh, he, he, he took over. He, he was, he was the guy we all knew he was, um, and he was not going to go down uh, losing this time. And we, we came out, man, we were, we were hitting in practice. We were getting after it. And uh, it was pretty cool to see, uh, you know, cause you hear all the stories, but like seeing coach Alvarez live and seeing just the, uh, the energy he brings and the, the focus he puts on certain things and, you know, how guys just, it just lifts everyone up and it's hard to, describe it because it's just that's just who he is and that's just what he has about him and he just has it and so just for him to come in and the don't flinch mentality and uh, you know we won that bowl game and it was I think it was our first bowl game win in a while yeah. um, <laughs> so he he was we were not going to go down again and then coach Chris in my last year um, you know he was kind of a mix between Alvarez and Anderson were he took care of us a little bit more on the practice side but we still we were still grinding and we were still getting after it and you know the developmental side of it was really big for him um, along with you know Bielema and, and Alvarez you know that was 
that was the Wisconsin way. It was, you know, we're not always going to get a five-star guys, but we're going to take a three-star guy. We're going to develop him. He's going to have a heck of a career at Wisconsin, go and play in the NFL for five years, 10 years. And um, that's what we're going to do. And you see that over and over and over again. And it's a, it's about the standard. I know we talk about all the time, the standard is a standard and you come into that standard and you either get up to that standard or it just doesn't work out. And, you know, it sounds harsh. It sounds cold, but um, if you want to be there, if you want to be a player you, you want to be, um, you're going to, you're going to get right into that machine and um, you know, you can still be yourself and be the personality you are. Don't get me wrong with that, but there's a, there's a level of work that is demanded of us and there's a level of uh, expectations that are asked of us. And that's why Wisconsin wins 10 games every year. And that's why they're in, you know, the contention every year and they're close every year and, um, you know, knocking on the door every year because they don't care where you came from or who you are. Uh, If you come in, you work and you're the best player, you're going to get the job. And that's, that's what I admire about uh, Wisconsin's program. And um, that's why it's been so successful for so many years. When we've all been really lucky, right? Dean was an intern in Wisconsin, <laughs> and you know I was I was there for 13 years. Obviously, got to work with all four of those guys too in some capacity. You know, you as a player, and you know, for me now owning Sports Advantage, I mean, those are the things I got from Wisconsin are the pillars. You know, for, yeah. for what we are. I mean, they're right on my wall. I mean, you talked about consistency. You know, every day come in lunch pail mentality. You work. You know, be relentless. You know, when you train, when you when you're on the field, if, even if you're up by 30, you're still, you're still going after people and then taking ownership for how you act, you know, on and off the field, how you train, how you go about your business. And, you know, with, with coach Alvarez, I was there for that first one when we played Stanford and, yeah. and I, you know, the, the, however many years he was there before, you know, he retired and Brett took over, you know, there was nothing like, and I can just, and it's probably the same for you there's nothing like seeing coach Alvarez standing at the 50 yard line when you're going scout team with, he's got his sunglasses on, he's got his arms <laughs> crossed, years. you know, and you're just like, I mean, he's just such a commanding presence that you, you have, you have no choice, but to raise up your level yeah. you know, when he's out there. And that, that's just, you know, it's just cool. Um, so Alex, you know, the, the title of our podcast is get your edge, you know? And so any tips, you know, for our listeners out there like that are coaches or our high school kids, you know, something that, you know, you're a small town guy, never wavered for his goals. You know, any tips for our listeners out there, um, you know, to try and take their next step in their careers? Yeah, this has kind of been my favorite part of you guys' show, uh, listening over the last uh, month or two months it is now probably. Uh, but just hearing, you know, different perspectives and hearing different uh you know, different ideas of guys, you know, what they think is the most important thing or, you know, something that really has touched home to them. And I got, I got two things for me. Uh, and one, you know, one was something, you know, from that I've done, you know, a long time. And then, uh, you know, the most, the first one I talk about is, you know, something that I've really been focusing on now is uh, what and who are you listening to? I think there's so much at our fingertips with our phone and so much stuff that we listen to. And frankly, a lot of it's crap that we listen to. And so then, you know, that feeds you. 
And I know we always talk about this as a, a men's study and uh, back in Cincy, we're like, well, yeah, what, you got to guard your heart. Like, what are you listening to? What, like, what type of music are you listening to? What type of podcast are you listening to? What type of books are you reading? You know, who are you getting advice from? Who, who's your mentors and all this stuff. And I've been fortunate, you know, I've surrounded myself. My parents are um, unbelievable. My dad is, you know, he's kind of a guy that I looked up to, still look up to, you know, you know, goes to work every day, you know, works two jobs still to this day. Like, um, so like when I get advice from him, you know, it's, it's just keep working, just keep, keep going, man. And so for me, like whenever I need to pick me up, whenever I need something, you know, I call him and, you know, he's, he's pretty level-headed and, you know, keeps me just focused on that. Um, but man, I, I know the social media thing has gotten crazy with, uh, you know, everything, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, whatever you, it, all of them have gotten crazy. And there's just so much stuff coming at everybody. And I don't know what the percentage would be of it. It's not true, but I mean, I'm sure a lot of it's not true, whether it's people acting like they're, they're someone they're not or whatever it may be, you know, I don't have to go down that street, but I would just, you know, my advice is like, what are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Um, man, I, I, cause I know it gets discouraging. There's gonna be tons of people. I know for me, they're like, man, he can't play at that level. He's not, I mean, he's not good enough. Like, and there's tons of people that are going to say that to you, but you know, never allow someone else's opinion of you become your reality. Um, and that's so powerful. Like that guy doesn't know anything about you. That guy doesn't even, hasn't even seen you play that much. And he's going to come in here and say, you can't play. And you, and you believe him for a split second. Then you got to set yourself back. Be like, that's not true. That's like, that's not, that's not what I'm about. You know, I'm going to go in there work hard, keep doing it, keep going. It's going to pay off. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my advice. Like never allow another person's opinion of you become your reality. You know, surround yourself with good mentors, people that are, are feeding you, uh, you know, lifting you up and, 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 you know, getting to you where you, where you want to go. And my second point is uh, just the fear of failure. I think for me, you know, I, uh, quick story back, I should have hit on this at the beginning, but I actually committed to play basketball at the University of Stevens Point. And, uh, and then I got a call from the Wisconsin football and they're like, hey, we want you to walk on. And so I was like, do I go with the sure thing you know, going to Stevens Point and fast forward five years, they won a, they won a national championship, which would have been my senior year at Stevens Point. Uh, but so do I go there and do the sure thing, which would have been great. You know, that's a great program. They do things the right way too. It would have been, you know, it would have been, it would have been awesome. But man, Wisconsin, man, this is my dream. This is what I dreamed of growing up playing. It was playing at the university, but I come from a small school uh, not highly recruited, got to walk on, all this stuff. So there's a lot of chance for failure. <laughs> and so I, I just, I advise people, don't be scared. Don't be afraid to fail. Just step out there, go after it. And if you do fail, you're, I guarantee you're going to learn something from it. You're going to pick yourself up and you're going to be a better person because of it. So yeah, that's my advice. Who are you listening to? What are you listening to? And don't be afraid to fail. Two funny questions for you real quick. Basketball, one-on-one. -on -one. Bot against you, who wins? Come on, what about What about you against Driscoll? <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, let's hope, uh, hope Jason's listening to this because he, he knows the answer to that already. Second question. 
Engold and you both played quarterback in high school. Yeah. Who was better? <laughs> Man, I haven't even, even seen Engel's film. I, I, I should look that up. <laughs> We're going to have to send it to you. Man, Alec, that's a guy, man. If I could train with him every day, I would because he brings it. As you guys know, he brings the juice and he's a, he's a guy that uh, I don't got to puff and blow about Alec, but he's, he's a great guy. And uh, I know he, what he does in the community and all that stuff too, man. It's just, he's a guy that's been younger than me, but a guy I look up to. <laughs> last question. I just thought of another one real quick. We had Brian Calhoun on as our last guest. Yep. Brian's a big track and football guy. You said you went and did some track. What events did you do in high school track? So the 400 was kind of my thing. Um, I don't, I don't know why I gravitated to the 400, but that was kind of my race. I, it, you know, every time I'd run a 400, I was like, why in the heck am I doing this race? Like the you know, there's, one. There's, one, there's one race on the track that like, yep. that'll get you every time. And that that's one of them that man, every time you get done, you're like, what am I doing? Um, it's funny that you talk about um, who you're listening to, because Dean on his Twitter today, and me on my on my uh, Instagram story, uh, had a post called two traps you need to avoid. One is caring what they think, and two thinking that they care." <laughs> it's just ironic that you brought that oh, up. Yeah. Um, so, and that's that's so true. Like so, so powerful. Many, I mean, because so many times just... we let people influence us. Yeah. You know. Um, so Alex, I want you to give a little plug for your foundation first and foremost. And then obviously you have your camp in Darlington. Um, I yeah. think there's a couple of days left to, to sign up, but but uh, give us a little plug on the Alex Erickson Foundation. Yeah, so it's something my wife and I started uh, a couple of years back now. Uh, we've gotten involved with, uh, you know, people with learning disabilities and then the youth, you know, that's kind of been our focus. Uh, just a quick background of how we got involved with that. Kelsey, my wife's sister, uh, she has Williams syndrome. Uh, it's in the, the line of Down syndrome. And so we kind of got involved with her and the stuff she's done and, and this organization that she works with. Uh, it's a it's called the Hodan Community Services in the Dodge or Dodgeville Miller Point area. And all their employees are people with learning disabilities. So they go pick them up, bring them back to the center, and then you know they have jobs that they do. And it was just something that, you know, really hit home because we I'd go visit when I was in college. And now that I'm in the league, I go back and visit too. And they were just so excited to see me there. And every time I go there, you know, they thought they were getting the treat, but in reality, it was me getting a lot from, I was getting more from them than they were getting from me. And, and so we, my wife and I are like, man, we have to, we have to get involved. You know, uh, it's one thing just to donate money, but to, you know, put time into it, um, that's where it's at. And so we wanted to get involved. And so we do a big golf outing for that. And then just try to get involved in various ways of helping people learn disabilities and just giving everyone an opportunity. That's all we all want in life is an opportunity to, uh, to achieve our goals and to, to fulfill our God-given purpose in this world. And uh, so that that's kind of what drives that is just, you know, giving everyone an opportunity to achieve their goals. And then the camp. Yeah, we, we started a youth camp. It's our fourth year. Uh, we had to we had to cancel it last year, obviously with COVID and all that. But we're excited to be back this year. We've had, you know, anywhere from 200 to 250 kids in the southwest side, southwest corner of the state that come, and uh, it's fun. It, it's cool to get around the kids. It, they bring so much energy, and 
you know, we try to do it. Uh, we structure it as, you know, kind of like the pro day stuff, you know, like kids love running forties and doing all this stuff. And, uh, and then we get into doing drills. Cause I, you know, I want the kids to be able to take something home with them and be able to work on something that if, you know, something they like from the camp and, you know, at the end we do some competition stuff and, you know, have a ton of awards and, uh, stuff to give away. And I usually, usually get a couple of guys that I played with come down and, you know, Joe Schobert and, you know, Joel Stave came one year, Jared Everdares came one year. Um, so we've had a handful of guys that come down every year and it's pretty cool to see. It's just cool to give back to the community that, you know, where it all started. Uh, and just, just allow those kids to know that they can achieve anything they want, whether it's the NFL, whether it's, um, being a president of a company, it, it doesn't matter. It's all, it's all in the same spectrum of how to get there. And, um, uh, so the camps, it's one event that we love to do and, uh, we're glad we can get back to doing it this year. Dean, you got anything more for Alex? No, Alec, you're doing a lot of great stuff. And, uh, you know, one of the things we get a lot from our listeners is, Hey, we just love the guests that you have and they're just real genuine and, and, uh, great people and, and very humble and just doing so much for people in your communities that, you know, and, uh, I just want to thank you for coming on. I know you and Brian got a great relationship as with the training piece and everything, but it's my first time actually meeting you and, uh, just continue being you and keep making a difference in this world. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate you guys time. You know, I've, I've really enjoyed listening to this podcast, um, just because it's applicable at all levels. And uh, I know for me, there's, I've learned something from every guy and, you know, even being at the NFL level, um, it doesn't slow down. You keep growing, you keep learning and uh, you learn from everyone you meet. And uh, so I appreciate you guys having me. It's an honor to be here and uh, just, it's, it's been pretty cool. It was great to have you on. It was, you know, hearing some of the old stories and then also hearing just the mindset, you know, that you bring to the table is, is so impactful for so many of our listeners. So really appreciate you having you on. Um, that wraps up another episode of the Get Your Edge podcast. We will see you next time. Chop it. <laughs>